and welcome to Futures Focus, a fantasy baseball podcast centering around all the top prospects in the game, brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez. Joining me tonight on Mother's Day, we are recording a few days late on Mother's Day, is the great Nate Eckert. Nate, thanks for joining me today. How was your Mother's Day? Shout out to mom for me right now. Yeah, shout out to mom, Deb out there uh she listens she's an avid listener um she's in seattle right now so that's okay but we're planning on meeting up in july uh when we go when i go up and my fiance and we're gonna go up for the uh the draft and for uh the futures game in seattle this year so while i'm up there i'm gonna visit moms and uh we got her a nice uh necklace with a dragonfly pendant uh, very pretty. She loves to garden and she loves dragonflies. So that was perfect. And we also got her like a little gardening bench that she can tote around with her out there while she's quote unquote, this is my mom's phrase, tooling around in the garden. And um, she loved it. So that was rad. And then we went to my fiance's uh, mom's house for her mother's day. So it's been a lovely little Mother's Day Sunday that we're going to conclude with this Mother's Day episode of uh, Future's Focus. Yeah, that's awesome. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, my mom does not listen to the podcast. In fact, uh, I was an only child and forced baseball upon uh, my parents (laughs) who had no interest in sports whatsoever. And for (laughs) 15, 20 years, I thought that they actually liked baseball and that they just (laughs) but uh when i got a little bit older and we had a couple of drinks in us uh, my mom let me know that she absolutely hates baseball (laughs) 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 i was only was only going along for it for my own good so that that's the life of an only child yeah but uh yeah so happy mother's day to my mom um happy mother's day to my wife uh who is a mother of two and we will uh we actually celebrate tomorrow since she has to do mother's day for her job but anyway um yeah happy mother's day to everybody we uh we have a cool episode here today i i haven't seen too many people try what we're about to try today so we'll see if it works out but the plan that we have for you today is to figure out who's going to get the call up next so nate and i are going to do a little mock draft and we get to pick the prospects for the rest of the season, right? So who's going to come up um, the fastest? We're going to do it as a war. So the more playing time, the better. Even if you come up late and have a great couple of weeks, won't beat the guy who's been up since June. So we're trying to figure out who's getting the call up next. This is sort of in honor of uh, the news that we got today of Matt McClain and Yuri Perez and you know guys that maybe a few weeks ago, you didn't think they were going to be called up. But Alas, here we are, and I know a lot of you want to get ahead of those instead of having to bid extraordinary amounts on Fab. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine the 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 leagues, you know, redraft leagues where Yuri mm-hmm. Perez, because nobody was getting Yuri in redraft leagues. Maybe a few people here and there, but like most redraft leagues, he was not on the radar for this year. And after his first start, especially in like weekly Fab leagues, man. I'm thinking 70, 80% of budgets are going to be spent on that guy. So we'll get to Yuri yeah. in a second, but that's the goal. So we're we're going to do a little draft of the guys that we like the best and who we think are coming up the quickest uh, moving forward. So 
Um, we'll see how that works. But before we do that, of course, we have our news and notes. So let's start with the great Yuri Perez. Uh, what a start for him uh, in Oof. his debut. You know, he didn't go the, the longest, but he did have seven strikeouts over four and two thirds innings against Cincinnati. Uh, he gave up two runs. He looked good, in my humble opinion. The fastball looks heavy. The pitches that he has uh, as secondary offerings were crisp. Um, he needs to to bulk up though. Like he he looks. I don't know. What is, but in the minor leagues, and you look skinny, you kind of fit in. But in the majors, when he looks skinny, it stands out in a bad way because he uh, he has a lot of room to grow, which is kind of scary. But quite the debut. Yeah. And I'd imagine that he's going to probably be up for the rest of the year. I don't see why they would call him up to bring him down. And uh, of course, the cool. I don't know if you saw this or not, Nate, but the Sandy Alcantara and for uh, like letting him know that he got called up and then picking him up from the airport. It's pretty cool too. So let me get your thoughts on Yuri Perez in that situation. One of the coolest call-ups I think of the year, or at least in recent memory too. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yuri, I mean, I don't know about you, Alex, but I was totally blindsided by it. I, I, uh, I missed out in my redraft. My, uh, my best friend, Andre wrote me and he was like, I can't believe that, I did, that I was able to pick him up before you. And I said, oh, no, did he get the call? And sure enough, he did. So um, with uh, with bitter eyes, I watched to start. <laughs> uh, but it, it, when you get to see a generational type talent uh, with his size and his stuff and with the system that he came up with, um, it's, you know, it's exciting a lot of a lot of comps and a lot of uh, a lot of familiarities with Jose Fernandez. I, I feel like that's just kind of like natural to think about it in that sort of frame. But I think he's a perfect example of what Miami's been able to do over the past few years with Alcantara and like uh, I know that um, uh, Edward Cabrera can't find a strike zone right now, but when he does find a strike zone, he's got that 93 mile an hour changeup that just runs like 10 feet. Uh, those power changeups that they're teaching those mm -hmm. kids, man, oh man, that system is nuts. And uh, Yuri is just the latest of of many that come through there, and they've got quite the uh, they've got quite the little factory going, don't they? Um, but Yuri's special in that. He didn't look over terrified or he didn't look like he was out of his depth. He, he, you're right. The fastball looked real heavy, 99, anytime he wanted, 97 all day. Uh, the secondaries, plenty of break. He was able to hit his spots um, and, and he will get bigger. And you're right. It is scary to think about. Like he comes out there, he's got more beef on him than say like Tristan McKenzie did last year. <laughs> But um, at the same time, you know, give it like another year or two when you get into that, like that man strength, like Sandy Alcantara. When 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 Sandy put on those extra 25 pounds, he turned into the Cy Young, right? So uh, I think it's the same trajectory for Yuri, if not better, because I mean, this kid has got he's got it all. Six eight, standing up there watching that ball come yeah. from the heavens. I mean, it's just crazy. So good good for them. Yeah. So if you didn't get a chance to see Perez or know the scatter report, you know, you said it with this 98 fastball 
the thing that separates Perez from other prospects is command of four legitimate pitches. All four of his pitches are above average, if not plus plus, mm-hmm. um, with that changeup being fantastic. And what he does is he goes fast with 98. The ch- the, and since he has the power change like you're talking about, that's sitting 90, 91. And then he has a slider, which is more in the 85 to 87 range. And then he has a curveball that's in the 79 to 80 range. And all fo- uh, all four of those pitches can be thrown for strikes at any point. And in that bat, great command, great control. And at 20 years old, like, honestly, we were probably too low on him. Now that I'm yeah. starting to say all this out loud, um, yeah. especially since some of the other prospects have dealt with injuries. Sure, injuries could strike with him at any moment. But, man, it's hard to see him have any any failures moving forward. Sure, a blow-up start here and there, just getting to know how to pitch. But he's going to be so good. It's, it's so fun to so see So good. Him. So good. A um, couple other things to, to quickly mention. I know we spent some time there on Perez. But uh, Mason Miller, the guy who uh, probably has on the short list of people that have better stuff than Yuri Perez, <sighs> Miller. But – he had to uh, fly back to Oakland to get an opinion on his elbow, which luckily Ooh. the MRI came back clean. But he's going for a second opinion now, which I'm hoping is just like to be super sure that nothing's wrong. Um, we're probably not going to see him for my guess is probably at least a month, if not more, even though nothing's technically wrong. But why would the A's bring him back at any point? They wouldn't. <laughs> They wouldn't. So it was fun <laughs> while it lasted, and this is this is why Mason Miller was able to be picked up in leagues because injuries have plagued him for a long time. With that being said, I think that this is a lot of over, um, over, um, what is the word here? Oh, being overly cautious with what they're doing here, and uh, that you could maybe buy low on Mason Miller. It might be the only time if you if you feel, but it is a good reminder that. He uh, he comes with a lot of injury risk, <laughs> but the yeah, stuff is so he really cool. does. Let's go to uh, Royce Lewis, who we're gonna kind of talk about here as well. He's finally back to some rehab games at Double A Wichita. Um, exciting to see him back. I don't know. Again, the Twins like have a bunch of players that are all sort of equal, and they've they've dealt with some injuries now and. It seems like the people that get called up are just as good. Um, Miranda was demoted, and then Larnick was demoted, but then Kirilov was activated, then Larnick came back, and then Kepler's. So it's like they're all the same, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I do think Royce Lewis, once he's ready, will have a spot somewhere in the lineup. Maybe it is that third base. Maybe that's what Miranda's vacancy. What do you think with Royce Lewis? Like, let's say in two weeks he's ready to go. Um, do you think he's coming up right away or is it going to take an injury or something like that to, to see him? Um, given, given what he's done as, as he's healthy, right? When, when Royce Lewis is healthy, he's arguably one of the most exciting baseball players in baseball period. So I don't see them hesitating. He's old enough also, and he's proven himself at trip. God knows he's, he's proven himself at every level. Uh, probably more more so than a lot of uh, baseball players, you know, currently. Um, so 
when he's ready, when he's healthy, I don't think it's going to take any more than, you know, somebody having a cold or if that, if that. So I think Lewis is coming back uh, very quickly. Uh, I think that he's going to come back on the twins and I hope, I hope that this kid could stay healthy because he is really fun to watch. He's super exciting. He's like the, the older, more, uh, major league ready version of like a Mason win. Like I know he doesn't throw the ball as hard, but he's kind of got like that whole like power speed combination thing going where he just really can change a game once he gets on the base pass and, and in the field as well. I mean, um, that futures game that he played in last, I can't remember what year it was, but man, it was a, it was a fun watch because he was all over the place. Uh, but it's just been really hard because the guy has barely ever had like a full full season of play. So I'm hoping I'm um, crossing my fingers. I, I, I personally, I haven't invested anything in Royce Lewis only because of the injuries. However, I, I want to see the kid stay healthy because I'm a baseball fan, you know, and I think Royce Lewis is really good for the game. Uh, that said, I think that he could help a lot of people. Um, so long as he stays healthy and especially, um, in redraft leagues and, and obviously in dynasty leagues. Yeah. Yeah. The twins are quite interesting. I think that there is some room one way or the other, um, to get in the, to consistent a bat. So, um, another infielder, we, uh, we almost did a, a post hype prospect episode today before we kind of switch directions. And I think we'll do that in the future at some point. This guy definitely probably uh, would top our list or be at the top, near the top of a post hype. And that's Matt McLean. He was a former first rounder in 2021, 17th overall at UCLA. And, you know, that's a that's a pretty high draft pick, had a decent 2021 debut. And then just in 2022, got promoted to double A as a 22 year old, which is pretty you know, Zach Neto type of quickness mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but didn't go quite the same way uh, if you're looking at the average if you're looking at everything else like this is a guy that again where the average just tanks his value so last year hit 229 and that's kind of like most people are just tuning out at that point but take a look <laughs> at some of these other things 361 on base percentage 17 home runs 27 stolen bases at double a in essentially his first full year of pro mm-hmm. ball like that's pretty good when we're when we're being you know brass tacks straight mm-hmm. up that's not bad yeah. at all just the 229 really soured him up he fixed things up in triple a for this year as he is hitting 346 with a 464 on base percentage 12 home runs 10 stolen bases 40 rbis already in 37 <laughs> games and to reward him the cincinnati reds are calling him up to the big league so congratulations to matt mclean you know, he always had the hit tool. That was sort of the calling card for him. You were going to get a college uh, advanced bat ready to go and, you know, decent enough in the field that he could maybe stick it short. Probably not long-term, long-term, but very exciting to see the power. Like, that's the thing that was always sort of, oh, maybe a 15, 20, but 12 home runs in Triple A in 168 plate appearances. That's And grading to play in Cincinnati. Like, 
we're, we're going to do a draft. I don't think we're going to include Matt McClain, but he might be the number one pick if we were picking prospects only moving forward. What do you think? Yeah, totally. I agree a thousand percent. Uh, I was I was the guy that was high on McLean. Like for example, I took him in our prospects only, uh, the uh, prospects fifteen hundred uh, beat the staff league, and I was <laughs> very happily surprised today when I found out he was getting the call because I plugged him right into that second base slot, and uh, I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers that none of these idiots that are in my redraft league uh, figure out that he's get, that he's getting called up tomorrow. So I'm just I'm hoping praying that uh, midnight comes around and nobody has scooped him up. I could say that because uh, this won't air for another couple of days. So um, let's just uh, let's hope and pray that uh, it goes it goes unseen just until uh, midnight tonight after I make the move. Because um, I absolutely am planning on picking him up in my uh, redraft league. Um, I have a feeling he's going to see time pretty much everywhere in the infield. I would, I would expect um, if not all of it at short because of the uh, Jose Barrero experiment kind of ending up uh, in flames, but uh, McLean, exactly what you said, Alex, he was a hit tool guy out of college, advanced hit tool. Then the hit tool just somehow vanished last year, but all the peripherals were still around and with the 464 on base percentage and the 713 slugging, I mean, these are the types of starts to uh, seasons where you you wonder is it real or is it fake? But when you go with a guy who's got a pedigree like Matt McClain, I can't help but just know that it's legit, you know. Especially after being really aggressively promoted uh, in his full in his first full year of baseball. Um, I think the Reds did him a bit of a disservice, but overall, in the end, it may have been the best thing for him because he's making triple A look like it's uh, high advanced 22 walks, 33 strikeouts thus far with those 40 RBIs we just got done talking about 97 total bases. I mean, are you kidding me? Um, so, uh, yeah, it's exciting because that power is absolutely there and uh, it looks like the Reds. Uh, hit one out of the park, uh, pun intended. Yeah, the Reds are going to have some call-ups here in the next month or so. I'm guessing we'll get to that here shortly. The last guy to talk about for this week's news is the San Francisco infielder Casey Schmidt, who got off to quite the start to his big league career, Um, currently hitting over uh, 500. I mean, he did, he did go over today. So I got to kind of adjust the, the stats right now, but the first five games almost hit for the cycle, hit a home run in the debut. And the thing is he is brought up just for his defense. He's one of the, the best defenders in all of the minor leagues and his hit, you know, his hitting has been okay. It's, it's certainly been enough to get him called up for sure. Uh, only ho- one home run this year in, Triple A already has two now in the big league. So go figure. <laughs> of course. But last year is what you want to look at with 18 home runs. So he has a bit of power. Um, the hit tool is probably the more suspect. And, you know, honestly, I like the story. But if you could sell Casey Schmidt to anybody right now in a dynasty league, I probably would because mm-hmm. he was brought up to just play shortstop. And then Crawford was back tonight. 
I think he'll stay. There's no doubt that he's and he's going to at least get a chance while he's hot. Um, but I do worry that the hit tool kind of rears its head once the book's out on him. But fun story for Casey Schmidt, 24 years old already. But man, you can't get a better start to a career than, than what he did. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. All right. So I think that'll do it for the news and notes. Let's go ahead and move on to a little bit more details of what we're trying to do here. So as I mentioned earlier, we're looking at a list. I have a, We have a list here of about 30 minor leaguers that are in the minor leagues right now as we speak. And we're going to draft a team where we have to have at least one pitcher. The rest can be hitters. And we're going to see who has the most war by the end of the year. So we're going to keep track of this kind of a, you know, we like competition here, so we'll keep track of it. <laughs> so again, the, the rules are they could have been called up already. Um, as long as they've been sent back down and they're in the minors. Now we're, we're trying to figure out who's going to get called up and who's going to perform well. And the best mixture of both of those things, I suppose. So in order to do this, Nate, I think we should probably mention some of these guys really, really quickly. We won't give a lot of details until we actually make a selection. But, you know, there isn't really a good database that I was able to find. Like we we kind of had to do this on our own of guys that we think might be called up next. And again, it's anybody's guess. But we basically picked guys in AAA that are performing relatively well of, as of late. And or names that have um, openings that are obvious um, or guys that even like uh, we, we won't include uh, Joe Adele is going to have Joe Adele, but we'll, we'll take him off. But guys that, you know, we, we've seen already for a little bit and then got sent back down. So there it could go all over the place. So here's the here's the list we have so far. We have Colton Kowser, who is on fire right now for the Baltimore Orioles an outfielder. Mark Vientos is. I mean, all these guys are on fire. I don't need to keep repeating that. But uh, Mark Vientos for the Mets. Michael Bush, who was recently called up, got sent down for the Dodgers. Um, Justin Henry Malloy for the Tigers. Uh, Ronnie Mauricio for the Mets. Jordan Westberg for the Orioles. Edward Julian for the Twins, who again was up during the year, but was called uh, or demoted. Kyle Manzardo, Justin Foscue. Andres Shaparo, Michael Toglia, post-hype guy there. Christian Encarnacion Strand, Tyler Soderstrom. Uh, we'll go over these positions and teams as well. But Matthew Libertor, Quinn Priester, Ellie De La Cruz, Royce Lewis, George Valera just recently off of the IL. Kyle Harrison, D.L. Hall, Gavin Williams, Edney Rodriguez, Brian Rocchio. And a couple of names here that we included. Maybe they don't even get drafted tonight, but they're really, really close. Uh, Dominic Calzone for the Diamondbacks, David Hamilton, Nolan Jones, and Oslavis Wasabe, one of my favorite guys. So, uh, yeah, those are the kind of the player pool. Now, a few names that are not on here. Jordan Walker, we're not going to include. Um, I guess we could include him. What do you think, Nate? Should we include Jordan? Nah, just... nah. We've, we've talked way too much. I don't even him. know if he would be the number one pick, to be honest, because I don't know when he's getting called back up. There's just no room. In yeah, he's, in the dog, he's in the dog house. And he's not. Yeah, he went back to AAA like he was going to hit him, hit himself back up to the majors in one day and, <laughs> and gain the price right now. Although the, he's not the strikeout rate. Anyway, um, and then a couple other guys, you know, like 
Jackson Holiday are huge names, Evan Carter, but we don't think that those guys are getting called up anytime soon. Maybe some of these guys would get a cup of coffee, but that's not going to help us in our draft. So, um, Nate, I think you got the last first pick when we did something like this. So I get yeah. to go first. But yeah. I'm going to give you we'll, – we'll do a snake draft style. That way we right. talk All about right. two guys at once. So – if I'm on the clock here and I'm looking and we're looking at war, so I guess defense would matter a little bit, but we're really looking for counting stats. That means that guys that are coming up quickly and are going to have an extended amount of run. So this is tough. Like there's no obvious choice. Do you have an obvious choice in mind? Like if I were to trade my pick to you? Mm, yeah, I have one. You have one. I think I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So, uh, you know who I, I, you know, I forgot to mention Connor Norby. We need to add him because I think he's going to be up soon, yeah. but that's not going to be my guy. Um, I'm going to pick Colton Cowser first. Nice. Oh, that wasn't your guy. It doesn't sound like, right? No, but uh, that's sure. still a hell of a pick. Okay. Yeah. I like Colton Cowser because it does seem like the Orioles are, going to make a run this year. Like they are fantastic team. And that's now their outfield's crowded right now. As Santander kind of came back to earth uh, as a, you know, a guy that remembered how to hit. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, I, I don't want to pick any of the infielders for the Orioles because they're so crowded. Mm-hmm. And I think that Kowser, the things he's doing right now, it's just unbelievable, especially like lately. Where he's going to, I think he's going to lead the way for these, these prospects. He's hitting 333, seven home runs, five stolen bases, 19% walk rate, 23 year old. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's called up next week. And when he's, he already performed well in spring training. Like I'm really excited about this guy. Um, so yeah, that's my pick. All right, Nate, you got two, you got two. I'm interested who I didn't get. Actually, okay, so first and foremost, I have to go with Ellie De La Cruz. Mm, okay. Triple A, and this is why. Um, five homers, 359, 795 slugging, 500 on base percentage. He's had 50 plate appearances. He already has five bombs. Um, but this is just in the last 10 days. <laughs> that I'm reading these stats. So just in the last 10 days, the kid has 10 walks, seven strikeouts, two steals. He's been caught four times, but who cares? 359 average, 14% strikeout rate, 20% walk rate. Um, I just have a feeling that the Reds are just going to have their, their hand forced and uh, Ellie's just going to make it so that they don't have a choice, you know. <laughs> Some of these kids are just gonna go so berserk, and I I feel like Ellie is on that on that stratosphere, and I don't see anything stopping him uh, anytime soon. So I get one more pick. Uh, let's see here. Is there anything stopping me from taking a pitcher? No, go for it. All right. I was thinking about that. 
I just thought of a pitcher that we hadn't previously discussed, but he falls right into what we've been talking about as far as uh, what we want out of of these draft picks. And I'm going to take somebody I have already taken myself this year, and I am still incredibly angry about what they're doing to him. I'm going with Taj Bradley, starting pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, they sent him down to, I don't really know, do what. I mean, the kid was only perfect in his three starts, three wins. Uh, I mean, I looked on my Yahoo rankings the other day. He was still ranked 156th. <laughs> this was like two months after, or like a month after he got called back down after his, three, his first three starts. So I don't know what they're looking for in Taj. I mean, maybe it's just because they're, they're – uh, they're doing so well at the major league level, but what's he going to do? I mean, it's not like he's going to sink the ship. So anyway, I have a feeling he'll get called back up soon. I know he's struggling mightily in AAA, but I don't care because they should, they never should have brought him down to begin with. So I think I'm good with my first two Ellie De La Cruz and Taj Bradley. Yeah. So with Ellie and Taj, I mean, excellent picks. No doubt. I love Ellie so much, so much. I'm just, I don't know when he's getting called up. I, I, I'm just, I think it might be another month or two. That was why I didn't pick him. But with Taj, sure. I am a little concerned with what he's doing now in the minors. So I don't know if you've seen the stats for him after his demotion, but oh, he's I, up to an I have a 11 ERA, 13 strikeouts, and 16 innings. Um, quite concerning you, you, and with the Rays, like this doesn't, this isn't how it works by any stretch, but like everybody in the Rays who pitches is getting hurt. And so I'm just a little concerned with Taj that he might be hurt, but you, you think he's hurt. I think he's, he might be pitching through something where like, mm. he's not going to say anything because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to lose his spot, but. It's just weird to go back down and like start walking guys and give up a bunch of hits when you went to the big leagues well, and you were really good. But this is this is my take on that. I think he's just as confused, if not more confused, as to why he was sent back down. And I don't think that they had a legitimate reason to send him back down. And just me, myself, like I remember playing baseball and I hated having any type of like, if if I knew I was doing well and somebody said I had done something wrong like that, I don't know. It just screwed with my head. Maybe, I mean, that's the best thing they say in baseball is that you have to have the shortest memory and not, you really can't care about anything because there's so much failure in baseball. But I mean, really it just in the human side of it, like, do you think that he saw that demotion coming at all? (laughs) After what he did at the major league level, I mean, come on. I mean, Tampa's good, and they have great pitching. But right now, they're splitting starts between Yoni Chirinos uh, and uh, some other guy I've never even heard of. But, like, when you can have a starter that comes in and gets you five or six, why do you need to split starts with guys that have been, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's I one of those two. It's one of those two explanations for sure. And with Rasmussen going on the IL, uh, Glass now had a setback. You wonder, yeah, what's what's happening here with the Rays? But Mm -hmm. they keep winning, so nobody 
that's an eye. All right, let's get back to our draft here. Yep. Um, yep. So I'm looking at another Reds guy. So we took Matt mm-hmm. McLean off because he got called up. I don't think that's that wasn't fair. So, but I am going to take Christian Encarnacion Strand, who I I could have sworn was going to get called up with McLean. I thought for sure they were <laughs> going to just call up both of them and just sell out like five home games in a row. But um, <laughs> alas, now it's just him in AAA with Ellie. And um, yeah, this guy gets an extra base hit every night, if not multiple. If you check out box scores, first base is ready to go for him. Um, I think in a couple of weeks, he'll be ready to go. Um, my next guy is again kind of a, a necessity. Like I think these are the guys that are getting called up the quickest if we have to take a look at this list. And that's Justin Henry Malloy for the Detroit Tigers. Third base is a mess right now for the Tigers. Nobody's hitting besides um Riley Green and that's it. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't follow the Tigers. <laughs> Maybe no, I'm that, wrong. You're right. No, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's Riley Green and or bust. Yeah. And uh so I feel like they want him to play third base. He kind of went through a, a stretch there where he was struggling a little bit for the, like, if you look at the last, and I, in fact, I, you know, don't look it up. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, don't look it up. Um, so <laughs> if you go to the last 14 days, last 21 days, 250 with uh, three home runs, but the last seven days, he kind of has put it back on track with a three hit game um, on Saturday. and couple home runs in, the, in this weekend as well so i think he's you know made an adjustment 321 444 on base percentage strikeouts a bit high but what who cares if you're the tigers like send him up and uh just let him play like as soon as he gets called up i think he gets the rest of the season for the tigers so maybe not the best prospect on this list but a guy that i think is going to get called up real real soon nice okay um so we said two pitchers in total, correct? Yeah, let's do two. And then uh, I don't know if we mentioned we're doing a team of nine. So I think I don't know if we mentioned. That. Okay. Well, I have to go with my second pitcher only because I thought you would take him and you didn't. So now I have to. So Gavin Williams, um, because he has to get called up eventually. He's He's been so utterly dominant in AAA. There's going to be a point where – they just remember that there's nothing more to prove for him down there. And, um, you know, who knows when Tristan McKenzie's ever going to come back. Um, it looks like Logan Allen is starting to fall off a bit. Uh, Battenfield's doing a little bit better. But other than Bybee and their core, you know, the starters that were there before all the prospects came, um, it, there's a lot of question marks. So I think Gavin Williams is going to get the call and I don't think he's going to do anything other than what he's been doing his entire career thus far. Uh, so I'm done with pitchers. Um, and then my next position player is going to be. <sighs> right, between... right back after this, we're going to take a break. Look at that. Ah! <laughs> We'll take a break. We'll be right back. And then you can continue with that pick because I think you need to think about it. Sounds like you need to. I do. I do. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back after this. Hey. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. Future Focus here with you. My name, Alex Sanchez. Nate Ecker joining me and is on the clock, ready to make his second selection of the third round. Sounds Mm -hmm. good. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Your fourth player overall for the... Uh, 2023 rookie. I don't even know what to call this, but uh, you're on the, call. <laughs> the war, the war, yeah. the war challenge. Um, futures focus war challenge. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go with Jordan Westberg. I know mm. that the Orioles, uh, infield is going to get crowded quickly, but Westberg is such a good hitter, in my opinion, that they're gonna find a spot for him pretty much anywhere. Um, I don't think that he's going to have a hard time finding a spot anywhere also because the Orioles, I mean, let's face it. There are still some positions that have yet to be filled. Um, I, I, he, he's again, he's, he's one of those players who's just due for a promotion because he's proven everything that there is to prove, uh, at the minor league level. Um, just in the last 10 days, he's hit five bombs. Uh, 293 with the 732 slugging, 1,115 uh, OPS. I mean, the kid is uh, is a beast, and he's 24. So I mean, he's ready. He's ready to get. He's ready to get the call. And I think, out of the remaining players, he's one of the more ready for the bigs. Also, so I don't see a huge drop off in production eventually when he does get called. So um, yeah, Westberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Off to, uh, you know, 10 home runs, triple a right now. Certainly very good. Um, and, and the Joey Ortiz thing, as much as I liked Ortiz, I don't know. He seems like he, uh, you know, you'd hope he'd hit the ground running. Got a second call up now, which was interesting. So we'll see what happens. All right. I'm on the clock for two and one is obvious for me. Actually, they're both pretty obvious. And since you didn't go with him, I'm going to go with uh, Royce Lewis for one. I just think that out of all the prospects, he's not waiting for the call, but he's on a rehab, you know? So right. when he's right. healthy and ready to go, he's getting the call up. And we've seen him do fantastic things when healthy. And then I'm going to pick a guy because I'm pretty sure you're going to pick him next, but that's Ronnie Mauricio. Yep. <laughs> and the Mets are a mess right now. Like they can't score any runs and there may not be an obvious spot for him. Third bases seemingly taken short subs taken. You can maybe bump McNeil to the outfield. Um, You know, there's not a lot of room for him, Um, but the things that he's doing right now definitely warrant a call up. He's making all the improvements that you asked of him. So, if you look at his strikeout rate, 20, 21, 33%, um, you need to fix that. Okay. How about 23% in 2022? Uh, still a little too high, Ronnie. We don't like you. All right. How about 16% this year? 
All right. That's that's pretty good. Like if you can if he's at 16 percent and even if you bump that up to 20 to 23 percent in the big leagues, that means that he's hitting the ball those other times and it's going to be fantastic. And he and home runs, stolen bases, good defense, I think helps in this. You know, he's going to play somewhere. Switch hitter, no platoon risk. So fantasy wise, I'm ready. Beautiful. Okay, then that leaves me with a couple others that now I'm going to have to change my strategy a bit. I was trying to go with the ones who were going to get the call up first that had the biggest and best ceiling. Now I'm just going to go with who I think is uh, not only the best available prospects left, but also um, who eventually when they do get the call up who could really fly once they get once they get there so i'm not entirely sure when these call-ups are going to happen um but i do know that these guys have really done all that they need to do at the at the lower at the minor league level and first i'm going to go with kyle manzardo you guys have heard us talk about him uh in um excess uh i love this kid um, power hitter, but hit tool is right there with the best of them. He's only 22. He's crushing triple A, just like he's crushed every other level. And he's a Washington state Cougar. Go Cougs. Uh, and then on the other side, I'm going to take another, um, uh, AL East, uh, and that's Andres Chapato, the, uh, the 24 year old monster who plays for the Yanks at third base, first base corner, corner infielder um with judge going down the yankees have struggled and this kid right now in triple a is hitting 419 over his last 10 days um he's got a 742 slugging that's a 538 on base percentage 1280 ops two bombs 23 total bases four doubles uh, 12 ribs, and that is something that the Yankees need desperately. So um, I think Shapiro gets the uh, gets the call uh, probably sooner than Manzardo. But uh, I, this kid, he started out the year very slowly, and Alex was giving me hell for it before. But I stuck with him, and for that, Alex, uh, Alex applauded me. And uh, I'm going to stick with him even further. So, uh, Chaparro and, uh, Kyle Manzardo. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Chaparro definitely has been on a tear lately. I'm, I'll be very curious when they call him up. It could be two weeks and it could be not at all. I feel like right. with him. Right. So, <laughs> all right. So that takes, uh, definitely Manzardo was somebody I was looking at. Now it gets a, a little tricky. I'm thinking the guys that are left are highly rated, but haven't performed to the, to the standards you'd expect a call-up to be, or guys that are performing in an insane rate at AAA, <laughs> but are blocked in almost every conceivable path. So I got to find a mixture of those two here. I'm not going to take two pitchers because I'll just wait <laughs> till the end. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take two guys that I like because at this point, I don't know. I can't 
really predict who's going to be called up next. Right. So I'm going to do Soderstrom and mm-hmm. Roadkill. Mm-hmm. Guys that, you know, actually perfect example of what I was talking about. So Rokio is just out of his mind in AAA right now. Um, <laughs> 22-year-old switch hitter, striking out 13% of the time, 338, 10 stolen bases, one homer, but you know, that's not really his game. I think he has more power than that too, by the way. But he's an infielder, and there are loads of infielders. They need to figure out which one of those infielders is going to play the outfield. Um, Rokio did get a call up already in the double hitter, but didn't get in a bat. So I feel like, you know, Tyler Freeman got the call friend of the podcast, by the way, but <laughs> um, I don't. So, okay. Freeman can't play the outfield. I don't think he's got like an, his arms just not strong enough. He's got to play second base, but then Jimenez is at second base. You can't really move Rosario out. Gabriel Arias is in right now after the Oscar Gonzalez, Will Brennan, is not very good this year. No, no. Um, you have, you know, Josh Naylor at first could be an outfielder. I don't know. There's just, I don't know where you put him, but he's out of his mind right now. So he's ready. And then the opposite is Soderstrom, who has all the opportunities in the world, but is sort of not performing how you'd want him to at AAA right now. It does have six home runs, but 242 with 25% strikeout rate, 5% walk rate. Um, you know, catching is out for him. Wish Langoliers there, but he can get into the lineup in an assortment of other ways. So I think that he's going to get called up at some point. Just needs to turn it on, and I'm going to really enjoy that pick. So um, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have to pick two pitchers. So I only have two more picks, and they have to be pitchers. You get to pick two more. Um, and then one more after that as well. So go for it. All right. Uh, okay, now I'm going with uh, guys who I love and I would just love to see in um, at the at the at the best level. So uh, first and foremost, going back to those Mets, those lowly lowly Mets, go and take Mark Vientos. Uh, slugger, like you would not believe, what a beast! Seven home runs in the last ten days, folks. Seven, 362 average. Uh, he's actually got a pretty good K to uh, walk ratio, 17.5% strikeout to 12.3 walk percentage. Um, 653 slugging, 412 on base. That's a 1065 OPS for those doing the math at home. 62 total bases in 10 days. I Chihuahua. Um, I don't know. I just love this kid. I mean, he gets up into the box. He's got like that, that Tyler O'Neill-esque body. You know, he's just swinging for everything and, uh, he's, he's fun. So I can't imagine that he stays down for much longer. He's 23. He's killing AAA. He's killed all the other levels. So, I mean, it's only a matter of time. And I think this is a guy you can move to the outfield eventually. So, uh, Vientos and uh, somebody who I don't know when he's going to get called up, but I just I love this kid. I always have and I always will. Justin Foscue, second baseman for the uh, Texas Rangers organization, organization, organization. <laughs> he is um, 
he's also a fun one because at second base, he gives you a lot of power. Um, I don't really know. Hold on a second. I don't know why I don't have his numbers in here right now, but give me one second. and I will find those in no time. Oh. Anyway, he's doing well enough to be on this list. So Lord knows he's got to be doing pretty well. Um, hold on one second. I mean, I can do it if you want me to. You don't mind? Yeah, he's uh, 282, four home runs, five stolen bases, 403 on base percentage with only 14 strikeouts to 21. Nice. Nice. Okay, beautiful. Well, uh, given what he's done in his entire body of work uh, and given what he's done thus far this year, uh, I think that's what they wanted to see from Foscue, a little more patience at the plate, and he's uh, done that in, in spades, it sounds like. So uh, he could be getting a call soon, or he could be waiting a long time, but right now we're getting to the bottom of our list, so I'm just sticking with guys who I love, and I love Justin Foscue, plain and simple. So uh, who was that? That was uh, that was Vientos and Foscue. Yeah, I'm so fascinated with what the Mets are going to do. I'm looking at their depth chart right now. So obviously they can't catch either Mauricio or Vientos. Alonzo's at first. McNeil and Beatty and Lindor in the infield. Um, Mark Canna, Nemo, Nemo and Marte are in the outfield. I don't know which one of those you could remove. You can't, I don't think. And then a DH Vogelbach and Tommy Pham with a nice lefty-righty combo there with Eduardo Escobar just chilling. So where the hell are these guys going to play? Like, I don't know at all. Who do you remove from this lineup for the Mets? How's Cannon doing? Is he doing all right? I mean, all these guys I feel like they're invested in. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so he has... He's not, I mean, they're not super invested. He's got a two-year, $26 million contract. That would be my first guess. Would yeah, be man, and he, he is 213, 213 with, uh, but then Fam, 34 years old. Yeah, so I guess they got to play the outfield. I don't know. I think Mauricio is a better bet to play the outfield than Vientos, but it's going to, yeah. that's, that's the hardest part with those two. They're so they're so good, but there's no room. And this is what happens when you have a roster that's, you know, one of the most expensive in the league. You can't yep. just put them on the bench. And even when they nope. did with, like, Eduardo Escobar, that was still kind of surprising. I mean, he he forced their hand for sure. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it. what happens when you piece together a team with a bunch of free agents also, you know. Eduardo Escobar had 35 home runs and 118 RBIs in 2019. <laughs> just and now really he's riding the pine for the uh, Mets. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, back to our draft here. Basically, I have my pick of the pitchers. So I'm picking the guys that I think are – well, Libertor is going to be up, I think, really, really quickly. So I'll pick him. And then I think D.L. Hall, maybe not as quickly, but, you know, getting stretched out as a starter – for, uh, for Baltimore, again, with their rotation, Kyle Gibson's probably there. Bradish is probably there. Grayson's there. But then Dean Kramer and Tyler Wells 
uh, I know we talked about Drew Rom for a little bit last week, but mm-hmm. uh, DL still being groomed to be that starter. The velocity's down a little bit, but the strikeouts are still what they've always been. So fantasy-wise, still excited about DL Hall. He did get a call-up a few uh, a week ago or so and, and had a nice little seven-strikeout performance in relief. So still can do it. Just taking, like Grace, and taking forever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you have uh, you have one more pick left. All right, bonus. Okay, so I'm taking Michael Bush with my very last pick. Um, this is why. So the Dodgers were in San Diego not long ago, and they played um, very well toward the end of. It was just a three game series. They lost the first game. That was when they showed uh, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, Jordan crying meme up on the big jumbotron after they won. <laughs> um, and then they lost the next two by our Dodgers. So um, the third and most important of those games went down to the wire. Mookie was down to, I think he was three, one with two outs against Josh Hader took Hader's solo shot. Uh, brought it into extras, and then the next inning, uh, what happened? Oh, the next inning, um, Michael Bush, I'm sorry, yeah, Michael Bush hit in the go-ahead run. He drove in uh, Freddie Freeman, who was the runner at second uh, in the top of the 10th, and, I mean, it. this was a big-time clutch base hit and he it wasn't a bloop i mean it was a shot it it was a gapper slash uh kind of top spun uh i don't think he got a double out of it maybe he did because uh freeman went all the way home but it doesn't matter he hit the ball really well really hard struck it it was like 104 miles an hour in a huge moment arguably the biggest moment of the season for the dodgers and he was pinch hit four earlier in that game and he struck out in a, in a moment that was just as big and he struck out, went back to the uh, dugout seemingly with his uh, tail between his legs, but didn't matter because in the end he was the, the hero. Now, a lot of people don't know about that because the next hitter up or two hitters later, James Outman went yard and hit in, uh, I think it was a two run shot and we ended up winning like five, two, but it was Bush, not uh, James Outman, who had the go-ahead. And if we were at home, it would have been a walk-off, and obviously he would have been much more celebrated. It's not lost on the Dodgers, I know that. It may have been lost on other people, but it wasn't lost on me because that was a giant. That was a giant at bat for the Dodgers in a giant uh, series, even though it's uh, May. It was the first series against those damn Padres, but that's how crazy that rival that rivalry has been. But what he showed me, what Michael Bush showed me, is that he is not afraid of the spotlight. And man, oh man, he stroked that single. I mean, it was off right off his bat. You knew Freddie was going to score. It was beautiful. So uh, he'll be back up soon, uh, probably sooner than later. And I'm very excited to see what he can do once he gets a longer uh, cup of coffee. Still pains me that you're talking about Freddie Freeman. As a dog. 
<laughs> yeah, I bet. Still pains me that you guys are the defending world champions. So there's Amazing. that. Um, yeah, I like Michael Bush a lot. So interesting. We'll, we'll uh, go ahead and uh, see who wins this. And then uh, the loser has to run around the block naked. How about that? <laughs> yeah. oh, to the quad. To the quad. <laughs> now, we, uh, we should talk about some of these guys that we did not pick. Not for, I mean, honestly, the, anybody's guess is as good as ours when it comes to when these guys are going to be up. But, you know, if you're looking at most of these guys, I would imagine in Dynasty Leagues are probably taken. I, I, there's a few here that you might be able to snatch. But in terms of Dynasty Leagues or shallow Dynasty Leagues uh, and redraft leagues, these are guys that you probably should pay attention to. Um, we talked about the Twins and Royce Lewis, but Edward Julian got the call up before you know Royce Lewis would would be an option and performed admirably we saw him in the WBC a lot to like with him OBP league like if you were gonna somehow stress this draft to be OBP centered I would probably take Julian over some of the other guys because when he comes up he's gonna get on base Mm -hmm. just again don't know where where he's gonna play we we mentioned about post hype Michael Toglia for the Rockies um Again, if you're a Rockies prospect, like you're probably coming up sometime this year. Brenton Doyle is a good example. Um, you know, Doyle had a much better AAA slash line than Toglia is, but Toglia has the power. Seven home runs, 23. No, I'm sorry, 30 home runs last year in the minor leagues, but 259, 47 strikeouts. But still, Rockies players in fantasy are always appealing. We had Quinn Priester on the list. Mm. Mm-hmm. with the ascension that Mitch Keller, I don't know, Mitch Keller has turned on something. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe, uh, I don't know if that's him or if that's something the Pirates are doing. If it's something the Pirates are doing, it's interesting because this is a guy that reminds me a lot of Mitch Keller in terms of like great stuff, but just never put it together. And then all of a sudden, maybe it clicks for him. Um, 5-4 ERA in AAA right now, and it's the Pirates, but... Um, your pirates looking looked pretty good there for a second with your prediction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they heard me. Downhill a little bit since then in the O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill O'Neill Cruz, you know that just killed it right then yeah. and there. But you know, um, what are you gonna do? Don't, we talked about how the Guardians have so many infielding prospects, but don't forget George Valera is an actual outfielder for them and just got reinstated <laughs> from the IL. I've liked him for a long time but i'm just so sick of waiting for him now but yeah have to remind you still only 22 years old has a couple hits in his return back a lot of power um so i imagine he gets called up at some point this year probably within a month or so and you could get him for cheap in a lot of leagues i'd imagine um kyle harrison a guy that a lot of people wrote off like instantly this year as soon as he started to struggle. But 347 ERA, thanks to some really good starts with a lot of K's in his last four or five outings. Like he's striking out a ton, 42 strikeouts and 23 innings. Now, I didn't pick Harrison because the Giants have a lot of pitching depth, it seems, at the major league level. There's no need to rush a 20. Don't forget, he's 21 in AAA. Like there's still a lot That's to like. That's crazy. I love so, Kyle Harrison. Yeah, I know you like him a lot. Don't forget. Um, now, when the Pirates were going good, 
it was easy to see Andy Rodriguez being called up to be that last piece, as you predicted a few weeks ago mm-hmm. on this very podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know how quickly they'll they'll rush him up. 250 with three home runs. Um, good walk to strikeout ratio. Just hasn't been much, though, in terms of like impact at bats in AAA so far. We'll see what happens with him. His year last year was so so darn good that uh, you, you can't give up on him. And then these these other names are ones that I think you might be able to pick up for free in Dynasty Leagues right now. Um, one is Dominic Canzoni for the Diamondbacks. Now, the problem with him, by the way, let me mention who he is, first of all. So he is an outfielder um, from 2019, an eighth-round pick, and uh, – Actually has some really good power hit um, combo with a little bit of running, not a lot, but enough to to get you a little bit excited. Maybe five, ten stolen bases. Um, Two ninety six, nine home runs, and sixteen walks to nineteen strikeouts in Double A. But we talked about how the Mets might turn those infielders to outfielders. Unfortunately, you can't really turn outfielders into infielders, <laughs> which would be nice. Because the Diamondbacks are pretty stocked in the outfield. They have mm-hmm. Guriel and Carroll that are certainly going to take some spots. And then you have Alec Thomas, Dominic Fletcher also getting the call lately. We didn't actually mention Dominic Fletcher in our news and notes. But, you know, he's off to a fantastic start. Who knows how long that, that'll last. But with Alec Thomas there as well, there is not a lot of outfielder spots, especially when you have... Um, DH being sort of taken by uh, Longoria and Pavin Smith. And, you know, I wish wish they could just switch the infield, but I don't think that's going to happen. But still an interesting name. If, if one of these guys goes down, he's the next guy up for sure. And I think he'll perform if he gets called up. Um, kind of a, known, uh, a lesser known guy. Um, another guy you could maybe get for free. I don't know. Depends on the league. But David Hamilton for the Red Sox. Seven home runs, 21 stolen bases, 283 as a 25-year-old in AAA. Last year, 12 home runs, 71 stolen bases last year. Dude. So, why I he definitely probably sh- would get picked like if this was a rotisserie type of league where stolen bases mattered, but in war, like I don't know how many how much war he'd actually put up, but you know. Estery Ruiz, we loved Corbin Carroll. Like guaranteed, if this guy comes up, you're gonna get stolen bases. And the Red Sox certainly have places to put him if they wanted. Um, former Milwaukee Brewer, so I know all about him from the from Gasper's days. Um, <laughs> yeah, so stolen bases. If you need stolen bases, and then uh, two other guys here, Nolan Jones for the Rockies. Um, another post type type of guy. He was a top 40 guy for a lot of people. Yeah. Back in the day when he was with Cleveland, 11 home runs, 344 average, three stolen bases, even for good luck. The Rockies certainly, like I said, with Toglia, they have a lot of openings. If you, if you can force your way in there, Brenton Doyle, another good example. So, you know, if I'm the if I'm the Rockies, I want to get him in to show how smart I am for like trading for him on the cheap. So that's interesting. And then uh, actually, I, I I mentioned one more, but Oslavis 
Uh, Basabe, we've talked about him a little bit on this podcast before. He's having a really good year. You know, my prediction of him coming up and being a September darling still could hold true, actually. (laughs) Absolutely. The Rays are going to be there. My World Series pick's pretty good, huh? The Rays, I like that. They've been performing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then finally, Connor Norby, we should mention as well. He's he's definitely not available in Dynasty Leagues, but he is a guy that maybe Westberg gets called up and Kowser gets called up and then Norby doesn't. And ooh, that person who owns him is really dumb and just says, I'm over it. <laughs> and then you can go get him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't think he's I mean, he's hitting the worst out of those high end Orioles prospects, which is not to say he's performing badly but 279 with three home runs two stolen bases the power he showed last year is probably a facade when he was close to 30 home runs um he's probably more of a 15 you know a pedroia type of guy but still uh, a, a middle infielder on that you want you want that orioles roster wherever you can get it uh, yep. it doesn't matter who it is so um all right yeah so we went over a bunch of names for sure. We'll keep track of this and we'll update it at the end of the year to see how we did. I think, uh, I think these are, these names for sure are the ones that you want to highlight just to go over these names again, Nate, your team is Ellie De La Cruz, Taj Bradley, Gavin Williams, Jordan Westberg, Kyle Marnzardo, Andres Chaparro, Mark Vientos, Justin Foscue and Michael Bush. These are guys that you're confident are going to be up quickly and or when they do get called up perform very very well my team if you're keeping track colton Kowser, christian and Carnacion strand justin henry malloy a lot of double names there like that royce lewis <laughs> mauricio tyler soderstrom brian rocchio matthew libertor and dl hall so let's get ahead of the the hype train for some of these prospects and hopefully you can get them either on the cheap or pick them up in redraft leagues whatever floats your boat hopefully we helped you out today so Nate, let's go uh, call our mothers one last time. Get out of here. <laughs> let's do it. Be nice to your mothers. Call them again the next day. Like, okay, everybody calls them on Mother's Day. Call them again on Monday. Just say, hey, how's it going? You know, yeah. Call them because it's, you know, I love you. So, and happy and Mother's Day. He gave birth to me. So, yeah. you know, it's always worth the call. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I saw what it takes to give birth. It's, <laughs> it's something else, right? We, Nate, you couldn't do it. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. No. That I and I and it. I couldn't do it. I don't know no. how they do it. Like if it was just up to men to repopulate the earth, like for whatever. <laughs> be like, God, nah. You know, God said you have to repopulate the earth. You can give birth now. I think we would just all say no and then just yeah. yeah that would go be have it for a, let's go have a beer instead. <laughs> weird, weird twist in the podcast, but that'll do it for us here today. Futures focus. Uh, thanks for listening again. Um, Nate Eckert, myself, Alex Sanchez here with you. We'll be back with you next week. See you later.